Hello and welcome. I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We are still knee deep in tech, and this is a special recorded on October 27th. That's right. So, what kind of special special is this? This is a Windows as a Service special where I'm supposed to teach you everything you need to know about Windows as a Service. And for you who are listening, I hope to teach you something. Well, it's probably way easier to teach me something since I don't know anything about this. Exactly. So this is going to be interesting. So please, Simon, take it away. So what is Windows as a Service? And it's a very broad concept, of course, but it all comes down to continuous innovation. Previously, Windows was released about every three to five years. And when that happened, organizations all around the world looked at what they had, what they wanted to have, and did a migration, which usually cost quite a lot of money, took a very long time, and it was a pain for everyone involved. And when you came out on the other side with a new operating system, the operating system was usually already old. And you said three to five years. When was this? Well, are we looking at Windows NT4 or are we Windows 2000? I wasn't even alive when Windows NT4 was released. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Uh, Windows 7, Windows XP, then they turned up the pace a bit with Windows 8 and Windows 8.1 and now Windows 10. Right. But especially Windows XP to Windows 7. Okay. Now, Microsoft are delivering Windows as a service, which since a few months ago means that we will get two new Windows 10 releases each year. One in spring and one in fall, autumn, depending on where you are in the world. Right. So every April and October. You will have 18 months of support from the release date of each Windows version. So looking at Fall Creators Update, which was released on October 17th, you will have 18 months of support for that Windows version from October 17th, if you are, are in an organization. If you're a consumer, you will have support for one Windows release and you will always be forced to upgrade to a new one. Um, let's just stop there, forced to upgrade. How does that work? Can I cannot defer my upgrades if I have a personal account. If, if you have a Windows 10 Home mm -hmm. PC, right. you can't do anything about it. Okay, it's, it's going to upgrade, period. It's going to upgrade, period. Right. You can't do anything to defer it. Okay. If you're using Windows Pro or Enterprise, you are able to defer it. Okay. Is this connected to any settings made by my organization or can I as a user always control that? You can't always control it. If the organization controls it, you have no choice, basically. Okay. And you can control those settings in a number of different ways. Mm -hmm. The easiest one and the first one that was released was the Windows Update for Business, which basically is a GPO or an MDM setting. Okay. Where you can defer either what's called the semi-annual channel release targeted that's basically the consumer one targeted stands for that you choose what machines to upgrade and that you should choose machines to upgrade which are targeted and compatible so to say all right 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 so that's the old current branch mm -hmm. and then you have the semi-annual channel release broad which then states that microsoft had have decided that now Enough drivers and applications are compatible with the latest Windows release to support a broad deploy deployment of the release. Right. 
And you can, of course, control it with WSUS and Config Manager or third-party MDM solutions or Microsoft Intune if you want to. Hmm. And in that case, you defer it for a few days, a few months, a few weeks, whatever you like. The settings varies a bit depending on what system you use. And just to keep in mind that you have um, support for 18 months. Yes. That's it. Yes. Then you're out of support. and Yes. Okay. You're out of support. You won't get any new updates, quality updates to Windows. And but you don't get support either. Will I get security updates? No, you won't. Oh, that's a very good point. Yes. And that, that's the way they have made it now. So you have quality updates, mm-hmm. which is basically security updates. That's what's released on Patch Tuesday still. Right. So drivers, security updates, quality features, performance fixes, and so on. Yeah. Okay. And then you have feature updates, which basically are the new Windows releases, which brings new features. A bit obvious, you may think, but not so obvious when. Well, um, sure, it's obvious. Uh, Most things are obvious when explained. Exactly. But on the other hand, if they are consistent, I'm, I'm more than happy with that. Yeah. Okay. And that's why they changed it to 18 months of support. But because previously it was that you had support for the two latest current branch for business releases, yeah. which could vary quite heavily depending on when Microsoft decided to release a new Windows release and when to declare a release current branch for business. All right, right. Because that's not a fixed number. Looking at the semi-annual channels now, we have two specific months where it will be released. We have 18 months of support, but Microsoft can still take as long or as short time they want to declare a new build semi-annual channel broad release. That's oh, dependent right. on the support for from hardware manufacturers, from the major software vendors, and so on. Or if they trip uh, some kind of big bug. Yeah, then, then they will, of course, hold that back yes. for a while. And it may take a while for you to get to broad release. And I want to be clear here, you are, of course, more than welcome to start deploying the semi-annual channel targeted to more and than your test group or what you want to call it in your organization. You can deploy it as soon as you want. It's just that Microsoft haven't been able to test it. You haven't had enough testing done by other organizations or consumers to verify that all the hardware and software works. It's probably going to work just fine, but you're basically on your own. Yeah. You get support, though. Oh, okay. That, that's that's uh, you are supported for eighteen months from the release date, the p- because it's it's basically the same exact release. It's right. only a quality stamp, basically, that Microsoft puts on it. Mm. Okay, all right. That was a bit of an as- aside, but yeah, very interesting though. Yep. Very very interesting. Please. Yep. So, what what you need to do in organizations today is to look at each and single uh, each and every mi- Windows ten release. Mm-hmm. You aren't required to deploy everyone, though. That's up to you. I would encourage everyone to look at every single release, see what's inside it, and see if any of your users could benefit from it. But you really only are required to be supported. So you could basically deploy every second release if you want to. But then again, you would have lesser time to deploy it. I'm trying to think of a, a reason. The whole point with this kind of rolling upgrade uh, yep. idea would probably be to decrease the time and, and money spent for doing the upgrades. Yeah. 
why would you decide not to do an upgrade? Um, would it just be based on features or why it could be based that? on features that that's as i see it in time organizations will deploy every single release mm-hmm. because the deployment process improves for every single release yep but today many of our customers and many organizations worldwide see this as a huge challenge and it is a challenge to really change how you look at windows management today Mm. and how you looked at it just two years ago. My Something I've said since the release of Windows 10, previously, when we deployed a new operating system, everything was about keeping it stable. Mm-hmm. Don't fix what isn't broken. Mm. Don't do anything. Which made many organizations hold back patches, choose what updates and hotfixes to install, wait for every second operating system, many of the organizations we work with didn't deploy Windows Vista, even though it was a more secure operating system than Windows XP. Right. Now you are supposed to deploy every single OS, mm. but to s- really get into pace, set the new processes, create a new organization supporting and managing your Windows environment, it could be a way to decide, yeah, let's look at every single new version, but choose what to deploy and when. And it will be, and this is something many people I talk to find a bit challenging as well, you will have up to three different Windows releases simultaneously in your organization. It's just a matter of how you mix them. Hmm. And that's not counting Windows Insider builds, which is really where you should start testing. You have 18 months of support, yes. But you also have six months with insider builds prior to that for each release. So you should really start testing insider releases as soon as they are released to see that they support your hardware. Look into the new features that are coming and see if they are of any use to your organization. So looking at it in that way, you have 24 months to evaluate, test and deploy every single Windows release. Um, just talking about this, it, it's it's pretty clear that this can be a bit of a daunting task. Yep. If we take a step back and look at this from a non-technical perspective, what kind of discussions do you need to have with your users, with your um, product managers, with your managers, whatever? Um, how to approach this? How to how to discuss this with the users? What, what yeah, the, the the first and main thing you need to discuss is this is a change you need to do. You don't have a choice. To be completely honest, the choice you have would be: should we run Windows, or should we run something else? But that's another discussion. That's another discussion. But that yep. that's basically it. so. If you decide that yeah, we need to run Windows, mm-hmm. you need to do this change. You need to change the way you look at Windows management. And that's something you need to explain to the entire organization. And there may be different arguments for why this benefits you for a management part of your organization. This will actually ease your financial planning because you won't have these huge migration projects every three to five years. You will have a continuous spending on managing windows 
which may be higher than the one you have today, but I assure you that it will be less than having those huge projects every three to five years. And everybody loves having a stable budget. Yeah. Uh, in, in <laughs> look at myself. That's something I, I, I'm gladly paying a little bit more to have a monthly cost rather than having a huge investment at once. Yep. Just I, to have I a clear it. idea of what's happening. Mm. So there's some financial aspects. Yep. The second one, also towards management and perhaps even your IT organization, is security. If you upgrade more frequently, you will have a more secure Windows. You get all the new feature updates, you get all the new security features, you get the quality updates, which are now also cumulative. Mm. So you will have one patch level for basically the entire world. And you had you don't have a choice of what to install. You install everything or nothing. Right. And that means it's much easier for software vendors to support it. It means that you are fully patched at as long as you deploy them, of course. And that you get the new security features if you choose to implement them. Because you can upgrade a Windows version. That's no problem. And, it, and it's up to you to implement the security features you like from that particular version. So that choice you, of course, still have. Mm. For the users, yeah, the downside of this is that they will upgrade their PCs more frequently. But it will be a smoother process. You will have, you have in-place upgrade solutions that will keep all your settings, apps, and files where they are. So the real downside of it for the users are that once every 18 months or 6 months, depending on the pace you choose, they will have a huge patch that will take somewhere, depending on hardware and software configuration, between 25 minutes and one and a half hour where the computer will reboot and upgrade and do all the stuff and magic they do. And that is bound to happen when it is definitely the least um, Yeah, and that's actually the thing I'm working with most now. Because, in my opinion, the technology around Windows as a service, that's the easy part. That's not hard at all. It, of course, it's a bit hard. But sure, but, but in, in, the yeah. in the end. Yeah. The hard thing is to change the processes around it, mm. change the way you look at IT, and create the best possible user experience that you can. So in my in my opinion, you should enable the user to choose when to install a new upgrade. Not the first users, perhaps, where you are supposed to test applications, hardware, software, whatever. But after that, enable self-service in a way that suits your organizations and your users. I'm having a discussion now with one of our larger municipalities in Sweden. And they, they see everything as fine and dandy when it comes to network performance, application testing. The issue they have with Windows as a service is exactly the one you pointed out. It can't happen at random. Mm. Looking at uh, healthcare, looking at schools, it's not okay to be down for even 25 minutes if the timing is wrong. Mm. So you need to look at how can we deploy a new Windows release when it suits the user, either by looking at the work pattern. So if you are working 
8 to 5 in Sweden. You could use any technology you want to wake up the PC at night, upgrade it, and when the user gets back in the morning, it's done. If you have PCs that are running 24-7, at some point during 18 months, you still you, you are forced to upgrade it in some way. So try to spread it out and do it at a time where it's suitable and not do everyone at once, of course. That, that's the main thing to look at, in my opinion. The technology is easy. The user experience and the processes are the hardest part. I've, I can just uh, say my own experience with, with Windows 10 upgrades. I've tried to kill each and every setting for automatic reboot that I've found. And trust me, I've, I've trolled yep. the internet and I can't stop the damn thing from doing it. Yeah, and, and looking at... Y- you are using a standalone PC. Yes, I am. So you are actually able to defer it by pressing the button if you are at the computer. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'd be happy to just get a um, some kind of window that says, okay, we're going to do this at 3 p.m. Yeah. I don't. I just come, uh, most often I, I wake yeah. up my PC at home and it has rebooted, it has upgraded. Yeah. That is a good thing, but where did my stuff go? Yeah. So that's that's an issue. Yeah, and that's also a user experience issue that they are working on. Looking at the new Insider previews, which I've been evaluating up to 1709, mm-hmm. the experience there is a lot better. You'll get a larger window, which just says that we will upgrade your PC at this time. Nice. And you are able to either just snooze it for like 15 minutes, mm-hmm. reboot it at once, or defer it one, two, or three days. At and which point this window will, will return. Come back. Right, yes. Right, right. And you're also able to set your active hours. When shouldn't a reboot happen? And you're able to do that up to 18 hours, if I remember correctly. Yep. So at some point, they will need to upgrade it. But then you are more in charge. Yep. Looking at a managed Windows device, because you, your device isn't managed today in any way, nope. uh, you are able to do a lot more with it. Some parts actually degrades the user experience. In my opinion, the Windows Update native experience are better than the Config Manager native experience. Okay. Because you, natively with Config Manager, you have less choice on what to do than you have with Windows Update. Oh, right, right. But with Config Manager, you're able to do a lot more by scripting or adding additional applications or timings or maintenance windows or whatever. Yep. And that, that's what I'm looking into. How can we build the best possible managed user experience? Because the unmanaged one is quite good. Fair enough. And the, the the funny thing is that I just realized that this is actually pushing users towards a new behavior. Yeah. Something that I suffer from. I suck at saving. Yeah. And if you look at the insider builds of Office from Office 365, you have autosave. Which, incidentally, Mac had two years ago. Thank you. I know. Yeah. But yeah, but it's it's let's uh, talk virtual desktops as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. But that that's a very good feature. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I've been contemplating uh, all the time since since this Windows as a Service came out, one of our main issues, especially in healthcare and financials, is application consistency and application testing between versions. Yeah. When does this become, or when did this become uh, a non-issue? I, I don't hear that. It, it's, it's still an issue. Of it course. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there are many 
answers to that particular issue. First of all, software vendors need to change as well. Yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah, it, it will. Yeah, over time. Yeah, because they don't have a choice. No. Everyone will be running the exact same Windows 10 version with the exact same patches. Mm. And if you can't support Windows as a service, people will look other ways. Mm. You And I try not to mention this, but you also still have the long-term servicing channel. Oh, yeah. the, the um, And we won't discuss scenario. that. Yeah, because that's something you never should use if the device you are deploying with it doesn't like keep someone alive yeah or it connects to a ventilator yeah ventilator airport aircraft control whatever. Yeah, whatever but not on a pc where a user actually are supposed to use it mm. but that that's another discussion so applications yes we are getting there many of the software vendors are actually adopting this and we will see a change as soon as many and more and more organizations move towards Windows 10. You still need to test applications between builds. Okay. But you should not test applications between builds the same way as you do when you migrate from something old to something new. All right. We have had a discussion, I believe, about my fail fast blog yes. post. Looking at the migration project, depending on how good you've been to keep your application documentation up to date, mm-hmm. you could actually save a lot of time by not doing uh, proactive application testing, where you really think about all applications as applications that po- possible will fail when moving from Windows 7 to Windows 10. Right. And that will, of course, take a lot of time to test everyone, and most of them will work. So in my opinion, you should look at what applications are the most essential to your particular business. Mm-hmm. That probably ends up being around 10 to 20% of your applications. Right. At the most. Test those in a proactive way. And then start your rollout and test it reactively. When something fails, stop that particular group of computers you are deploying test it, solve it, and then move on. And it, it sounds challenging. It sounds like a utopia, basically. But looking at the numbers we have over compatibility between Windows 7 and Windows 10, this is the approach that makes most sense from a time and financial perspective. And the amount of actual work would yeah. probably be less. A too. lot less. Interesting. But again, moving back to the management discussion, for this to work, especially when moving in to the Windows as a service model, where you move from build to build, mm-hmm. you need to have people that are responsible for each and every application. And it actually knows that they are responsible. It's If something breaks, it's their job to solve it. Or not their job, but their responsibility to solve it. And looking at many of the organizations where I work now, that's non-existent. Usually it's IT that manages every application. And they don't know every single application. They are not they, they don't know how it's supposed to work, which creates a lot of issues. Have someone taken responsibility for each and every application. They can of course ask ask IT to help if something breaks. 
but you need someone that cares and knows about the application. So you're actually adding um, something that, in my opinion, should already be yeah. there in, in the shape and form of an application owner, exactly. not necessarily a technical application yep. owner. So the IT guys still have a point of life, so to speak, from a technical perspective, yeah. but application owners that know the application yeah. and know how to use it. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I like it. If, if you don't have that, it won't work, basically. Y y then, then IT will have this huge burden each and every upgrade. And the ones that will suffer are the end users. As usual. Yeah. And the, the more I, I hear about this Windows as a Service thing, I realize that as with most stuff, this is not a technical challenge to begin with. It's it's um, it's a human challenge. It's a human challenge. And it's a very an interesting way to push said human challenge towards new ways of doing things. Yeah. But I also feel that this is more of a gentle push than uh, a shove. Uh, M many other times I've felt like here's a cliff and there's a shove and hopefully you'll have a parachute. I believe many still feels this is a shove towards the cliff. Okay. Even though we still have support for Windows 7 for a couple of more years, but, or like 400 days or something like okay. that now. But many feels that this is moving too fast. But in the world we live in, everything is moving fast. Th this model isn't new in any way. We have been using OS as a service for ages looking at iOS, Android, Mac, yes. Linux, whatever. Yes. You have the same model when looking at cloud solutions. Exactly. They are always up to date. And now it's coming to Windows, which basically is the last OS to be managed in the way we are used to. And that needs to change. If we um, look at, you said, um, cloud solutions, let's take Azure for an instance. Yep. There you have monthly updates yep. and that that can be fairly serious updates yep. how far in the future do you think that we have a windows operating system that behaves in pretty much the same way as, as ios and with continuous upgrades and the users don't don't really care i think we already are there looking at the they, they a user won't care if they are running windows 10 1703 or 1709 fair enough they care about the downtime they may get between the builds right. and the compatibility with their applications. So we are already there. Looking at the continuous innovation, we have that now. Looking at Android, they release one new Android version every year, mm -hmm. one new iOS version every year, one new Mac OS every year. Mm -hmm. Windows releases two every year. So also they are actually at a higher pace All with right. features. So, so it's basically just down to creating a a more seamless up yeah. upgrade experience. Yeah. And perhaps ditch the word upgrade. Yeah. This, this, it's, it's servicing. Evolve. Evolve. Yeah. Yep. Whatever. Call it whatever you want. Value. Add. Add. Tax. Exactly. And that's, that's the story I started my session on Tech Days with. Comparing a leasing car. You're leasing a brand new car. Mm -hmm. You get it. You have a three-year contract. You believe at least. Right. The car works great. You have the new car smell. Mm -hmm. you, everything is fine and dandy. After six months, it's time to service the car. And you go down to your local car repair people, mm -hmm. person, 
and ask them to service your car. And they say, no, we can't. Because every single... We have a lot of other cars that can't support your firmware. So you will have to wait. Okay. And you leave a bit disappointed and come back six months later and they are still telling you, no, we won't upgrade it because it may break another car. Oh, dear. And That's a very the car degrades mm. and degrades. And when three years are over and your car is still not serviced, it's still the same car, it does smell a little bit funny now, you go down and say, I want a new car. No, sir, you actually have a five-year contract. So we won't exchange your car. You'll have to do with this one for a bit longer. That's actually how we have looked at Windows 7 machines, for example, previously. And now looking at the Windows 10 leasing car, you will actually get it upgraded, not only serviced every six months. You will actually give... You, you bought a car without massage in the seats. After six months, you get that in your car. It's still the same car, but with new features. You'll get new airbags every six months. That's a very good analogy. Yeah. So th- that's the way we should look at it. So when I when I, when I when will I be receiving new airbags in my car? <laughs> in six months. Okay. Interesting. Very, very, very interesting. And and still, this is more and more um, a user. I wouldn't say a user problem, but a user challenge. Yeah. You you need to, in my opinion, the way you should look at it, when each and every new Windows release gets out. Look at it. What will the users actually want from this one? And market it internally. Now you will get be able to get this. If you want it now, it's here. Feel free to self-service to a new version of Windows. Go ahead. If you don't want that feature, you're not forced to get it. The only thing you know is that you will be forced to upgrade every 18 months. But you are able to do it earlier if there's something in it for you look at what's in it for every single user and market that so you're actually taking pretty much a a forced upgrade and packaging it as an empowerment for the user and selling the whole shebang in your organization and people is going to be happy yeah i like it i hope you will because you don't have a choice (laughs) Oh, very well played, <laughs> sir. But it, yeah, it's it's um, it's a very interesting way of taking exactly that uh, something forced. Yeah. You need to, you need to change your mindset. Yeah. So m- mindset, definitely mindset. Very very interesting. Do you have any any um, final thoughts on issues you've seen or uh, issues you see on the horizon or where are we at? I think the the main issues I see is to get management on board, Mm -hmm. to get people to change their mindset, not being stuck in what we are, what what we know today, and realize that we need to change and start changing now because you have a limited amount of time with Windows 7. The support will run out at some point and then you need to be prepared to do the Windows as a service. service So pretty much talk less, act more. Yeah. But... uh, I just realized one thing, and that's the the combination of change and techies. Yeah. Not necessarily a, a non-volatile combination. 
What kind of, of skill set do you see is required to explain this to both users, management, and tech people? Yeah, I think that's... I, I referred to this in a previous episode as well. My this, my question I asked Brad Anderson at Ignite, mm. what soft skills do you need? Right. In my opinion, you need to have the skill to understand the organization you work with and really understand what their goal are mm-hmm. and explain the benefits in a way that inspires people. You need to be a good storyteller. You need to understand the business value of a new feature. Right. Not only this is a cool feature, you should want it. The it's usual a, it's a technical eight-letter abbreviation or yep. something. So that that's really important to be able to sell internally and understand the business value of it, mm-hmm. and also have the ability for yourself to change to be more agile in the way you look at IT, because that that's something that. I see as necessary moving forward. You need to be looking at the entire stack of client management. What can we benefit from to improve this? Understand the business needs, understand the user experience and so on. So it's pretty much back to what we were talking about with with Jimmy and Jessica uh, in that IT still is just a support structure for the business and not the other way around. Yep. Okay. This has been very um, entertaining and very informative, 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 <laughs> informative. Yeah, it's it's uh, Friday. Um, informative. Yeah. Um, I've I've learned a lot. Great. And, uh, thank you very much for this uh, this discussion. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>